to Jesus I surrender all to him I freely give I will ever love and trust him in his presence daily Our text for the next couple days is going to be Psalm 37. Now, this is one of the most important background passages for understanding the Beatitudes. There are two major scriptures, Psalm 37 and Isaiah 61, that form the foundational background music for the Beatitudes. Now, I had no idea how significant Psalm 37 was until I began studying it these past couple weeks. Now, there's kind of the obvious Quotation in Psalm 37:11, but the meek shall inherit the land. Where you can see the obvious reference to blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. But when you really begin to dive into Psalm 37, you see that it actually forms and shapes the entire structure and ethos and feeling of the Beatitudes. It's amazing how much resonance is here. In fact, H. Benedict Green, in his fabulous book called Matthew, Poet of the Beatitudes, which is one of the most advanced and sophisticated linguistic analysis that I've ever seen on the Beatitudes, he shows that every line in the Beatitudes, in the center, other than the first and the last one, but all the the seven in the center, are all a string of direct quotations from Psalm 37 from the Septuagint, or the Greek version of of the Old Testament. So in many ways, the Beatitudes are a beautiful, transformative rift off Psalm 37. So we're going to spend a few days just dwelling in Psalm 37. Now this psalm is meant to be read in one sitting, and it's a long one, so I'd encourage you to spend some time today reading through it. And a couple things I want you to notice as you read through it is first notice that the theme is announced in the first verse. This is often the way the Psalms work. They announce the theme in the first verse, and the first two words, fret not. That's the key. Don't be angry. Don't be anxious. Fret not yourself because of evildoers. This whole Psalm is about how do you deal with it when others revile you, when they persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely for his account? How and why can you rejoice? Where does that power come from? And so verse 1 gives the theme, fret not because of evildoers. Now, Psalm 37 is an acrostic psalm, just like Psalm 9 and 10, or the most famous is Psalm 119, where um, each letter or each line starts a new letter in the Hebrew alphabet, moving, in essence, from A to Z. Uh, This one's almost complete. There's a couple, uh, two letters that are missing. But even that is very similar to the Beatitudes as there's intentional alliteration with the first letter 
and the beatitude. So there's parallel there. But the, what this is doing, Psalm 37, is really giving you the A to Z strategy on how to deal with difficult and anxious times. And then as you read through, notice how often the key idea of inheritance or the land is. Dwell in the land. Wait for the Lord and you'll inherit the land. The meek inherit the land. In verses 3, 9, 11, 18, 22, 27, 29, 34, there's a focus on the land. And what this is showing is the true way of life. The true way of life is the way of faith. And the way of faith is the way of triumph. So in verse 1 through 11, read through that and notice this is the way of faith. This is how you can rejoice and be glad when you're persecuted. This is what you can do. In fact, the most important section in this psalm is to read through verses 1 through 11 and just mark all the different things you're told to do. Trust in the Lord. Do good. Dwell. Befriend. Delight. Commit. Trust. Be still. Wait. Fret not, fret not, fret not. So all of these commands, these, this is the way of triumph. This is the way that a life of meekness is expressed. And then it's followed by a series of three sections that are each set off by the word, the wicked. In verse 12, the wicked. In verse 21, the wicked. Verse 32, the wicked. Verse 12, three sections. Verse 12 starts off the developing hostility between the righteous and the wicked. Verse 21, that the righteous have access to a greater wealth, a greater inheritance. This is how they can be calm in times of trouble. This is how they can be a non-anxious presence because they have confidence in their inheritance. And then 32 focuses on the difference in their, their end, their destiny. See, what seems true of the wicked now will not be true of them later, and what seems true of the righteous now will not be true at the end. It's very similar to the, to the Beatitudes. There is the kingdom of heaven, but then they shall be. They shall be. Focuses on the great turn. So this is the background music for the Beatitudes. And one of the things it's going to challenge us with is this idea of submissiveness, waiting on the Lord. And this is one of the great tensions and one of the great needs we have for wisdom, when to act and when to wait. See, there's a time in the Christian life for trusting and resting, and then there's a time for intense action and activity and fighting back. And we confuse those two times at our peril. And for example, in the 50s, it was real popular, common Christian teaching that kind of centered on the cliche of letting go and letting God, let go and let God. And that actually did tremendous damage to many people because they became passive in a very unbiblical way. Because the Bible urges us to resist sin, Hebrews 12, 4. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. Assuming we're to resist, fight, even to the point of shedding blood. And then it describes our armor for a war as we wrestle with the principalities and powers in Ephesians 6.10. And then it calls us to present our bodies in Romans 12.1 as living sacrifices. And then in Romans 12, it continues with the demands of putting on the Lord Jesus Christ. And Paul talks about we have this race to run with discipline in 1 Corinthians 9. And three of his favorite analogies for the Christian life are that we're to be 
soldiers, athletes, farmers, fighting, straining, working. But then there's also time for rest, non-retaliation, leaving it in God's hands. In the same chapter in Romans 12, where it says we're to present our bodies as living sacrifices, it also says that we're never to avenge ourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for vengeance is His. There's a time for waiting and holding our tongue and turning the other cheek. And so what Psalm 37 will do is it's a tremendous gift to us because it will train us on how to know on when to trust and wait and how to know when to be vigilant and active. And what happens as it enters into us and shapes us, it actually says that we become like God. Our character is shaped after his. We're conformed to his image as we learn when to wait and when to act. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, all creatures here below. Praise him above ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy 